Welcome to The Art of Being a Mum, the podcast that's a platform for mothers who are artists and creatives to share the joys and issues they've encountered while continuing to make art. Regular themes we explore include the day-to-day juggle, how mothers' work is influenced by their children, mum guilt, how mums give themselves time to create within the role of mothering, and the value that mothers and others place on their artistic selves. My name's Alison Newman. I'm a singer, songwriter, and a mum of two boys from regional South Australia. You can find links to my guests and topics we discuss in the show notes, together with music played, how to get in touch, and a link to join our lively and supportive community on Instagram. The Art of Being a Mum acknowledges the Boendick people as the traditional owners of the land which this podcast is recorded on. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast this week. It really is a pleasure to have you. My guest today is Janelle Thomas, a singer, songwriter and performer based in Dubai in the UAE and a mum of two boys. Janelle began performing at the age of five at a ballet school in her hometown in Canada. She took piano lessons and played in the high school marching band on clarinet and trombone. Janelle spent her 20s deciding if music was going to be her career. She studied a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Music at Concordia College in Montreal. Her day job wasn't really satisfying her, and fortunately, out of the blue, she was offered a lead vocalist gig in Oman for four months. Without really even knowing where Oman was, she said yes, and that was 16 years ago, and she's performed overseas ever since. She met her husband Felix while on a short break back in Canada after that first contract, when he joined the band as the guitarist. Janelle and Felix have performed more than 2,500 shows together throughout Asia and the Middle East since they teamed up in 2006. Residents of Dubai since 2015, they continue to perform hundreds of shows together each year, working as full-time performers while somehow remaining pretty happily married and parenting two wildly energetic small boys. Although they now mostly gig as a compact jazzy duo, they spent the first decade of their relationship fronting their loud, high-voltage, five-to-seven-piece pop cover band as band leader and musical director, respectively. Under the guise of the Lady J duo, Lady J being Janelle, they combined jazz standards, blues and soul classics, and reimagined pop songs of any style to create a contemporary, good vibes only listening experience that is elegant yet funky. In the autumn of 2012, they released Noise Rises through Strange Cat Records, an album of retro-inspired funky soul featuring 10 original songs that they wrote together. In the spring of 2020, during the Dubai COVID-19 lockdown, Janelle and Felix began live streaming as a way to connect with fans and keep their sanity, showcasing their favorite tunes, taking on-the-spot requests, and featuring cameos by their firstborn Theo, a natural show stealer. They continued these for 18 months. You'll hear Janelle's amazing vocals throughout this podcast today, and their music is used with permission. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Right back. 
welcome, Janelle. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me, Alison. I'm excited. Yeah, so I can um, I can hear your lovely accent. You're from Canada, is that right? I am. I'm from Canada, but I live in Dubai. Ah, oh, right. So what, how, like how long have you lived there for? What sort of brought you there? So, well, the music, yeah. Mm-hmm. So my husband and I have been together 16 years. He's also Canadian. Yeah. And we started traveling uh, in a band. So we were playing hotel residencies in the Middle East and throughout Asia. And we did that for about eight, nine years. And then it brought us to Dubai. So we've been here since January, 2015. And we're residents here now. And we've had two little boys here. So uh, this is this is home for the time Mm. being. Yeah. So is it really hot there at the moment? Super hot. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely hot. I just got in from the pool, so I'm I'm okay at the moment. But yeah, summers are very long, they and very hot, especially with small kids. You really mm. feel it so much more because you're basically just inside for five months. Um, yeah, but it can get up to fifty degrees Celsius and humid. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, the outdoors is kind of non-existent aside from if you're doing something in the water. Yeah. You know? yeah uh, it's right. interesting with us being from Canada, we do have a bit of that experience because you'll have really cold times in the winter mm-hmm. where you don't go outside. You're not going to go take a stroll or take yeah. your baby out or anything, yeah. but they don't tend to be constant. You know, you'll have cold days and then it kind of warms up enough and you pack on your layers and you go outside. Whereas when it's hot, it's just hot. Yeah. Like you can't do anything. You, yeah. Yeah. So, oh man. So we used to find the summers okay, and since we had kids, we just find them brutal. So we're yeah. just counting down till October. <laughs> oh my gosh! So what's like a average sort of when it when it's not so hot? What's the weather like then? So lovely, you mm-hmm. know. There's kind of six months of a year where it's gorgeous, and you kind of can't think about living anywhere else. Um, yeah, right. So uh, I would say sort of the coolest it gets probably in January, uh, maybe days that are around 20 to 25, but sunny yeah. and gorgeous. It's um, perfect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those are the times where I find it too cold to go swimming. I say that as a Canadian where I grew up swimming in icy lakes, but um, <laughs> yeah, I get in the water again with kids. I get in the water now. So. Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? You sort of, you sort of forced to do things that you wouldn't necessarily do if you had your own choice. <laughs> uh-huh. tell me about how you got into music is it something you've always done yes and no mm-hmm. you know probably like a lot of musicians always been a music lover there was always lots of music in our house my parents neither of whom were musicians but um we had you know huge record collection and there was always lots of singing and dancing that was encouraged so actually I started performing from uh, age five I lived in a really small town and we had, but we had a little ballet school and that for me was 
everything, like those ballet recitals at the end of the year, you know, with costumes and makeup and lights. So I would say that that's where it all started was was there. So for the first few years, I um, I danced, I took piano lessons, yep. as you do. Uh, and then when it was time to go to high school, actually, I chose to go to high school in the big city, which was Montreal. Mm -hmm. um, my dad used to commute, he drove back and forth. So actually I commuted with him like super early mornings and stuff like that yeah. to go to high school. But I really wanted that school because it was the only one in the city that had a marching band. Ah, right. So I was yeah. a marching dance nerd for <laughs> a few years That's playing cool. the clarinet yeah. and yeah. Uh, I played the trombone for a year. Yeah. Um, and then after that, you know, sort of spent my 20s, I think sort of struggling with, am I going to be an artist? Can I be an artist? Or should I get a real job? You know, uh, I did do a Bachelor of Fine Art in music yeah. uh, because when it was time for university, I thought, I'd really like to do something I enjoy. I might spend three years enjoying myself and then need to become an accountant or something serious, but yeah. let's give it a go, you yeah. know? Um, yeah, and then just sort of bounce back and forth, did some contracts, then some admin work, and then would mm -hmm. be, you know, kind of happy with the lifestyle of neither. Uh, but I, it just kept pulling me back in. I really was uh, miserable when I was, being an administrator, even though I had some great jobs and lovely people, you know, yeah. and there was just a moment um, where I realized, like, I cry before I go to work every day at this very yeah. nice job. It's just such yeah. a nice job for somebody else. Yeah. It's not for me. I can't, I can't do this. I'm only 26, whatever, um, yeah. to have given up. <laughs> and so yeah. actually chance meeting with a musician I knew, and he said, we've just lost our singer and um we're we have a gig in oman and do you want to join our band and travel for four months mm -hmm. and i said okay and then said where's oman <laughs> what's that <laughs> and he went well it's kind of next to dubai and i was okay but i'd never heard of it so that was 16 years ago um yeah like wow and and then we and it was really different experience starting to travel then. I mean, we had the internet, but there was no YouTube, there was no Facebook, there was none of that kind of, um, you know, even the amount of information that you'd have was limited. It was people's blogs and, yeah. you know, blurry photos and that kind of thing. So it was a relatively scary endeavor to embark on. I think the thing that saved me is the four guys in the band that I went with had all been there the year before. So they did have lots of firsthand experience, but of course, coming from Canada and traveling to the Middle East for yeah. my first real big overseas adventure, lots of preconceptions about how it's going to be. And, um, and I thought, well, I'll just do four months and then I'll go home. And then 16 years later, <laughs> still here. So your, your husband's musical as well. You guys play together. Where did you meet him on the line? <laughs> So I met him after that first contract. So actually I did one contract. I've done one more than he's done. So I, I joined. <laughs> you remind him of you that. Know. <laughs> oh yes. We're totally keeping score. Who's played more shows? You know? <laughs> um, so I joined the band in January and um, somehow got asked to be the band leader. I really feel it was by default because everyone else in the band was French Canadian. Yeah. And I was the only one who spoke English. And with my administrative background, I spoke good business English. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, I would have the current band leader coming to me and saying, can you help me formulate this email? And I'm like, yeah, you can't start it with, hey, bro. You know, it has to be a little more formal than that. So he kind of went, well, could you just do it? And I was like, okay, I guess so. So I certainly took on all the admin tasks, which also involved um, liaising with any of the agents or hotels that we were, you know, that we were dealing with. Because these are five-star properties you know the Grand mm-hmm. Hyatts and Hilton's and everything like you yeah. needed to kind of be a little bit more on it than the, yeah. <laughs> than it was at the time <laughs> so um so we did the one gig and then we went back to Montreal for the summer and um made a couple of changes to the lineup the guitarist that we had was leaving and so we went through about oh my gosh it was seven guitarists trying to find a good fit mm-hmm. and uh finally got Felix, who was recommended by a friend of a friend, he was only 22 at the time. He lived in an even smaller town than the one I was from, like 500 people and, mm. you know, 20,000 cows was kind of where he was coming from. Mm. Um, he'd never been on a plane. And so for him, it was an equally big adventure. And he, uh, but he was kind of at a place in his life where he wasn't really happy and had just finished his musical education, you know, formally in, at college. And, uh, yeah. and he sort of, same as me, went, well, I'll do it for four months. And um, yeah, and then we got together pretty much right away. <laughs> so that definitely helped us both feel like this was uh, something that we wanted to stick with. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, so we've been together long time oh that's an awesome story I love that and isn't it just so typical in the music world it's like it's a friend of a friend or someone knew this person or it's just the way it goes isn't it just this connection of yeah. people yeah yeah but, yeah it's funny how yeah we're very happen. lucky that that um and it's also funny too that there's it, I'm, I'm you know the more that I have the longer that I am a musician the more I am amazed by stories of bands who have that longevity you know like bands like U2 where they have the same members forever because I know even in a couple it can be really hard to have exactly the same vision for the music and the same vision for the timing of -hmm. how you want things to go you know when we had uh, mostly we play as a duo now but but we spent most of our time together playing with larger groups and there were lots of fantastic musicians we played with who would say oh, i'm tired of traveling i want to go home and be with my other half or we had someone leave to go to med school yeah. and it was kind of like, no but you're an amazing keyboard player and he was like okay but i want to be a doctor <laughs> you know and um, yeah. so so to realize that not only does the music have to work but where you are in your life at that time mm. also has to work like that four people could do that for 30 years is yeah. amazing it is it's incredible yeah. isn't it when you break it down like that you think of all the things that could have changed or gone wrong or like it's a, it's amazing isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to still be actually liking each other and getting on like <laughs> right <laughs> I'm not saying that about you and your husband I mean I'm talking about you too <laughs> No, no, no. You can say it about us too. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Sitting alone, adding up your miseries. Cars in the shop, you've been dumped by text. Then pink slipped, you're wondering what's next. 
baby though life's looking grim you can choose not to lose so um i have listened to some of your tracks online you have got Thank a powerhouse you. voice i love your voice it's just Thank so you. i love a bit of belt voice it's so good passion and energy um yeah so did you have like formal lessons for your voice or did you just sort of instinctively feel it out and work it out yourself I've had very few mm -hmm. very few so um I went to university in jazz voice right. but have had zero lessons before I started I had the I went to Concordia um, University in Montreal and one of the things I love about their program is they wanted to be more inclusive so unlike some of the other universities that uh, really kind of only take you if you've been through the conservatory stream or what have you they just sort of said if you want to play come audition for us show us what you can do and then we'll teach you all the back end Mm. after you know so um so I was kind of on the edge because I, I, I'd had quite a uh, I had a fantastic teacher in high school you know but um but wasn't quite there so still needed to do uh more training you know the ear training and theory and harmony and all of that to come mm. so they called it sort of like a zero level to get up to level one to be with mm. everyone else but um but in terms of the singing I did have Gosh, it wasn't really, it really wasn't very much. It was only about two semesters of vocal lessons with um, Jerry Brown, who was their vocal jazz instructor. Uh, one of the things I'm really grateful to her for is she, uh, she just gave me a lot of opportunity to get on stage, mm -hmm. which I think I really, uh, I really needed at that time. Um, as you can see, that's the part that I've hung on to. Like, gosh, don't ask me any harmony or <laughs> theory now. That's long forgotten but um but still performing yeah. and uh and then after that I did um I did a musical review at, at one point and uh there was a really great vocal coach uh, there as well so she I mean the coaching was quite specific to the songs for the show mm -hmm. um but she was she came from a musical theater background so that kind of helped with all that mm -hmm. um belting and being on stage um and having to really uh, again like project but in a very much like on stage performance way as opposed to recording or anything like that yeah yeah and it is so different isn't it and it's yeah yeah two completely different things yeah yeah, yeah. so um in terms of the music that you do I know I've seen that you write your husband and yourself write together and you do um covers but I think the way I can't remember how you worded it now on your website but it was really clever it's like you could take any style of song and turn it into your own, basically. Is that how you look at when you're, you're doing your covers? Uh, that wasn't how we started, but that's very much what yeah. we do now. Um, and we've seen too, just in general, I think, um, I think YouTube has been great for, for that, for introducing the general audience to kind of the magic of, of reinterpreting, you know, reinterpreting songs. Mm. So especially groups like Postmodern Jukebox, and we're big fans of Scary Pockets who do mm -hmm. funk covers of whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, so we found in recent times that's gotten a lot of traction for us. And it's also cool because when we spent a decade basically just playing pop music um, and, and lots of songs that we love, and it was, you know, full on big songs, um, 
Sweet Child of Mine and Highway to Hell sometimes and all these kind of things. But now we don't have to lose that repertoire because we can translate it. So we do a funk version of Sweet Child of Mine. We do a jazz version of, you know, You Shook Me All Night Long and, and, and sort of, you know, all kinds of other things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's a lot of fun for us. I find in that way, it's a more creative process than it used to be where we were just sort of the cover band who had to as best as we could reproduce what was on the record Mm. you know that's that's what we kind of did for a long time trying to bring life to the album version but um but it was pretty much you know in the box Mm. and it's not so much now yeah that is good because like I I don't obviously I don't know what the the audiences are like in Dubai I can only speak for my my (laughs) tiny little town but um my sister and I had a lot of experience singing in bands, my sister more than me, but, and, and I did a lot of covers as a soloist. And it, it, sometimes your audience just wants to hear the, the songs that they know done in the way that they know it. And it can be really yeah. challenging to get them past that and to push them a yeah. little bit. So it sort of can be, I don't know, like unless your audience is ready for it, it can be really daunting to try and put in something else. And even like putting in um, originals is like, you know, is that you can sort of relate to that <laughs> very, very much very yeah. much and um you know the audiences in dubai are um high maintenance <laughs> i find yeah um put it that way uh they're great and they love live music and we we i mean we have a career as purely full-time performing musicians you know we don't have other jobs we don't teach we're so lucky this is what we've been able to do for 16 years um but at the same time I think the demands are such from us that that as you said like if it's Hotel California just play the solo don't do anything else they want to sing along they they know the solo you know they need to hear it as they know it um so there are some songs where we just kind of we're like, we're not even going to attempt that, that yeah. you guys just, you need it the way you need it. So that's fine. Mm. Um, but actually it's been surprising that they've been as open um, as they have, as they are to hearing different versions of things. Mm-hmm. We find there's very few opportunities where they're really open to hearing things that they don't know. Like in that's sort of why we don't, one of the reasons why we don't do um, more original music here. The other reason is we have two small children so we have like no time or brain space to write anything but um but also there really isn't the opportunity for that you just and you know it's hard when you're playing and you see everyone's eyes kind of glazing over yeah (laughs) yes I I know that feeling (laughs) like you feel like I've got these people they're going really good and then you put in you think I'll take a chance now put in this song and then it's like uh Damn it! I want to stop halfway through and just fade it. Down. <laughs> right. <laughs> Pull yeah. the fire alarm. Oh just, god, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's funny, yeah. isn't it? It was the story that drew me in. Hell, you were so inspired by the man with the violin. Didn't know it was just you using, abusing, trying to confuse um, So you mentioned the, the two small children. How old are your children? So we have two boys. Mm-hmm. Theo is four and a half 
and Hendrix is two. Oh, I love that name. That is a great name. Oh. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's good. We figured we had to get away. At least we're both your parents are musicians. So yeah. You gotta do something a little, a little left to center. You do, yeah. don't you? It's almost <laughs> like it'd be a shame if you didn't. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, do they like, um, they enjoy sort of hearing you guys playing the guitar or singing at home? You know, it's funny, actually, we don't do nearly enough playing at home I think that that's one of the uh for us one of the hard things about maybe gigging as much as we do you know and I hate to say there's anything hard about it because we know we're very blessed but um like we're we're tired during the day we're we're good so um I I know other people will say oh you must just grab a guitar and sing along all the time and I'm like no, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to keep it quiet and not talk too much during the day because I got to go work tonight, you know, mm, yeah. um, when we do, they love it. Obviously they're totally exposed. You know, there's instruments around, they can play what they want. They can sing a lot. Um, we, during COVID, one of the things we did to sort of stay in touch with people is we started live streaming. It was new for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were locked down here in Dubai. And like when we had our lockdown, it was locked in, locked down. Like we we did not go outside of the apartment for 35 days at one mm. point. Um, everything is very delivery oriented in Dubai, even before COVID. So it was quite easy. So you could still get, you know, your medication or groceries or whatever. It all came to the door. But so we were struggling with being mm. trapped in the house at the time I was four months pregnant and um you know being trapped together with your husband and your <laughs> two-year-old at that yeah. point it was like okay we were feeling really lonely you know so we thought let's try live streaming and it just got a great reaction and we realized actually that we'd spent so long making music and traveling for people all over the world but not for our family and our our people at home because when we do go home for our one month of holiday most years um well like we don't play we're you know what i mean we're on holiday i'm kind of like no i need a break and um and when we used to play in a band it was always really loud music and six nights a week and and vocally mm. I needed a month off and, yeah. you know uh, so I could do the next 11 months kind of thing so um so those people just they don't know us they don't know what we do really so our family and friends were just like tuning in in droves you know and people also too who had their own um you know lockdown of whatever degree so uh we found especially people who were alone so um, you know kind of in the mom category but a lot of these are women who live alone who now were really really isolated so being able to come on and see us and um and we started bringing theo on and then it was like forget it like we felt like we played a 55 minute like opening act so that you yeah. can come on for the last five minutes you know you just have people chiming in in the chat going where's theo has theo been on did i miss it did he oh. come on earlier and other people are like no no sit tight he hasn't come yet so okay oh whatever like we're just warm up at this point yeah so, oh, I have so that good. was lovely it's, yeah it was great to see that uh that he had fans yeah. and, oh, and it was a way awesome. too for us to also share what we have like it um so we we kind of got 
released, you know, into the wild maybe sooner than in Canada or the UK. So we were back out and doing activities, um, you know, before people there were. And so then actually we sort of started this whole new feature of also just filming the activities that we did. So if we went, to, we took to the Ode of the Aquarium or if we went to the beach or just rode the Metro or whatever, we just filmed them and it was just kind of, you know, um, life in Dubai. And he would come on and he would narrate the whole thing, oh, which people just love. So he'd tell them, you know, if we went to the petting zoo and all that. So um, oh, awesome. yeah, he, he was super into that. So it's a bit sad that now that we've gotten busier, we ha we don't have the same kind of time to do that because I think it was a really uh, special feature, special time. But we ended up doing probably about a hundred like full wow. hour or hour it became an hour and a half because an hour yeah. wasn't enough you know yeah. um and uh we played games we did like a quiz show and we did all kinds of stuff it was, oh. it was good fun. i'm disappointed <laughs> that i've missed that because that would have been amazing <laughs> <laughs> our australian friends did have trouble turning it because it That's was like 12 it was midnight or one in the morning for them yeah. so you know maybe my nurse friend coming off shift at the hospital she'd like catch yep. a bit but that was it yeah oh, oh good on you that I yeah I could certainly relate to that like you know you're doing it for yourself because you need something to keep that creativity sort of yeah. going you know um but yeah like you said the the upside of that is people on the other end are getting so much out of it so yeah, yeah. good on you for doing that it's really valuable yeah it was good and and it's been, it was really nice too that over the course of the probably about 18 months that we ended up doing it. Um, you know, you had Theo as kind of starting at just about two, not even two and a half. And so that for me now has been such great memories to have preserved, to really see him growing and you hear him singing and he's singing more in tune as the time goes along. And then his yeah. baby, you know, I'm getting more and more pregnant, you yeah. know, and then his baby brothers and then his baby brothers coming now and singing when we do yeah. you know the two of them sing together and all that yeah. so it's been uh it's been really nice to be able to share that with with people for whom it, that's also really meaningful to them you yeah. know? so it's a very Absolutely. small audience but oh but, but a very a, important a important and significant yeah. audience yeah oh that's lovely that is it's a lovely little snapshot to have isn't it of that period of, of time yeah. in your life yeah How did you go singing when you were pregnant? Did you find your your breath was affected, like the diaphragm and all that, from having this oh baby God, singer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good times, eh? Super out of breath, <laughs> and um, and super out of breath. Like for both times, actually, I think I was more out of breath in my first trimester mm -hmm. than I was at the end. You yeah, know, right. um, so that was. So when I was pregnant with Theo, we were actually still on our hotel, our, our the very last of our hotel residency gig. So it was here in Dubai, mm -hmm. um, but it was still three or four nights a week. Um, nightclub, smoky, still jumping up and down, that kind of thing. Still being expected to do shots with people. Like I just had to constantly be making up excuses for why I <laughs> couldn't do them before I was telling people that I was pregnant, you know? Mm -hmm. um, 
so that to be jumping up and down still having to do you know highway to hell and whatever um that was tough that was tough in that sense and I think once you start showing and you're pregnant it's then people understand oh yeah okay well you're going to take it easy you're not going to jump around so much um so then just my feet were killing me the whole time um but with Theo I performed up until so this was 2017 so I performed up until two days before he was born because he came three weeks early yeah I was it was supposed to be my last show and um and uh, even had a, a, my fr- our great friend who was the drummer at the time. And he said, you know, you better take it easy because you don't want your water to break on stage or anything. It's totally said as a joke. And <laughs> it didn't, but it did it about did. 20 <laughs> hours later. Like it nearly did. And I thought, oh my gosh, I just would have ruined that stage. If that <laughs> All the cables, like I could just imagine oh, everything just God. covered in like goop you know oh, um yeah so I did my last show and then he was born less than 48 hours later uh mm-hmm. wasn't supposed to be like that but anyhow he had other plans so that was it was great like actually um I I love being pregnant and still singing I felt really good I felt really mm-hmm. healthy my feet were sore all the time but um but aside from that the guys I worked with were super supportive you know and mm-hmm. and um people loved it too you know yeah. we like we we are played at hard rock cafe at that time which is a very very much a family venue out here yeah. and so you know just have women coming up all the time and and remembering their pregnancies mm-hmm. and it, it just felt really wholesome kind of like family mm-hmm. family values sort of a thing yeah. um and that was definitely my plan being pregnant with Hendrix too but you know COVID um kind of hit when I was about four months pregnant so um so one of the things they did here in Dubai is in addition to the lockdown then even when we were you know kind of free to go out again there were still really really tight restrictions on entertainment yeah. for quite a long time so um so even though I I was ready I was like you know we've been out of work <laughs> let yeah. me back at it even though I'm seven months pregnant now or whatever uh I couldn't and so so then with Hendrix, I actually was back on stage six days after he was born Oh wow! because we had a gig <laughs> that were waiting for us. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll be there next Monday. Yeah, I'm coming. <laughs> so, that, is, that is incredible. That is amazing. How did you do it, it though, was, physically? It like we did, we, you, you must have had like a good birth and everything went good after or was it like really I did, I did. like yeah. I really you know I had great pregnancies and um the actual deliveries were a little bit tough both times I have babies who really enjoyed their accommodation so they were kind of had to be like convinced to <laughs> yeah. join us on this side you know yeah. um, but then once they were out they were perfectly healthy I was healthy I was moving around you know mm-hmm. um that being said like I had I had said I'm gonna be back on stage everybody was going are you sure I was like that is the wrong thing to say to me I've said I'm sure you know I'm just going to do this um obviously the week between birth and actually having to leave newborn baby for you know the six seven hours that is required when you're when you're doing a gig even if it's in town um that week was just so stressful all I could think was I just need to pump enough Um, I need to be ready. I mean, one of the things that made it easier is we've had the same nanny since Theo was born. So at least 
she was really ready for that. You know, Theo's perfectly comfortable with her. So there wasn't any of that kind of stress of who's going to mind the baby. Like I, I had someone I trusted implicitly, but yeah. still. Um, yeah. And then on the day of just, I w- was getting ready for work and I didn't have a single pair of shoes that fit because uh-huh. my feet were so swollen. And I thought, and, and you know, and it's a jazz gig in a nice restaurant. And I thought I'm going to have to go there in like, trainers that aren't even done up because I literally cannot put, like I was totally Miss Piggy you oh. know I was just I couldn't even put my feet in anything and so I found this like ghastly pair of slip-ons that were really stretchy yeah. and all I could think was please everybody look at my huge massive cleavage don't look <laughs> down don't look down at my terrible footwear <laughs> just keep it all up here in the in the top half oh, I'll be fine yeah Oh, but all, but I got there and I really, we, we, you know, we played three sets uh, and I really spent the first two sets thinking that I was going to faint. Oh, like wow. I was on stage thinking, this was not a great idea. I oh. maybe shouldn't have done this. Um, and I'd had an episiotomy, so was still healing from stitches. So I couldn't yep. sit mm. also, yep. you know, sitting was actually really uncomfortable. So everyone was going, do you want a stool? I'm like, no, no no stool that's worse so I'm just kind of you know trying not to like cling on to the mic stand for the first two sets but um you know Felix was great and the staff were great it was a place Mm -hmm. that we we love we played there a long time and so everybody just welcomed us back with open arms we're so happy to see us you know it's been six months since we've been there uh, because of COVID and the audience was amazing like the audience were so ready for live entertainment too after COVID so actually the third set good the yeah. third set was better and it was kind of okay well this is the power of music that what it can actually do for all of us but oh yeah I was in like the full-on adult diaper for yeah. that show it, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was, oh I'll take my hat off to you honestly that's that is amazing good on you was there ever, any I other mean, question it, in mind that you weren't going to do it though did you ever think no nah, I've just no I cannot do it, it was like no nah, I'm doing it Yep. I'm doing it. It's it's happening. And, you know, I will say that like six months of unemployment is a really good motivator for that too, <laughs> that you're just like, yes. yeah, no, no, we need to start having the ball of finances, you know, ball financial ball rolling like mm. ASAP. So yeah, yeah I'm going to get on stage. Now, when I look at it, I'm like, that was kind of a terrible idea, you know, <laughs> and I can't believe that all of you guys <laughs> let me do that. And, you know, and, and my husband is just like, oh yeah, like I was, absolutely not going to tell you that you're a crazy person you know you you were doing it so you did it but oh, good on you yeah it, I love uh, After you had Theo then, how long did were you away from the stage then before you came back? Um, four weeks, mm-hmm. maybe four yeah. weeks, five weeks. Yeah. Um, it took it, it took longer. I will say at that time, um, but I felt good. You know, mm-hmm. I felt like I was ready to be back. But of course, the first time, I just couldn't imagine the logistics of having to 
leave him. Like it wasn't even necessary that I was nervous to leave him with somebody else. Um, Cause of course, like pre COVID, right. He was kind of, everyone had held him and everybody, you know, we used to just like people cough germs all over our babies all the time. So, you know, <laughs> that was okay. I was comfortable with that, but I mean, I, I could barely figure out like how to get out of the house mm-hmm. in under four hours, yeah. you know, when we would have a doctor's appointment, like I would literally be preparing for that um, hours and hours ahead of time and still be late all the time, you know? Yeah. Um, I think one of the the differences too is I was breastfeeding exclusively, that mm-hmm. he didn't do any bottle feeding for the first two months. So that too, I was just kind of like, I, h- how does that work? How can yeah. I be gone? So actually the first gig that I did with Theo um, was one that had come in and it was in our neighborhood. So it was like 10 minutes walk from the house. It just happened. And I thought this one I can do, you know, I can look. And it it was one that had a kind of a strange pacing for the evening. So -hmm. in the middle of the evening, there was like a one and a half hour break. And I thought, I can do that. I'll just run home like in my (laughs) show clothes and then feed my baby and then run back to the gig and then come back after yeah so it just kind of worked out that that was one and then you know quite quickly realizing I have to make a compromise somewhere like I can't just be exclusively breastfeeding if I want to uh, also be on stage I I have to be Mm -hmm. able to be away for for gigs so um but that's a hard a hard you know thing to work out in your head the, the first time whereas then by the second baby I was more comfortable with the idea of bottle feeding and then mm-hmm. it was easier to step away. Yeah. Oh, good on you. That is awesome. Like, I'm so impressed by that. <laughs> I'm going to put a round of applause sound effect. That is, I'm so <laughs> impressed with that. Yeah. But I will tell you on that gig, which was a bit in a venue that, well, anyway, it was very dark for a reason, let's just say. And mm-hmm. I was literally in the, in the bathroom, like, you know, pumping milk at one point yeah. and watching a cockroach crawl across <laughs> the wall. And I thought, here I am making food for my baby. Like I'm, I'm trying, like I have the hand sanitizer. I'm trying to keep everything as clean. And there's just a cockroach crawling across in front of my eyes. I thought, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Oh. <laughs> you know? but, but having anyway, said that, you fine. know, yeah, exactly. You know, that they, they survive. Like, I don't know. I think we get really scared that they're not going to survive without us. Um, and then when they do, you go, oh, actually, this is great. What else could I do now? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's me. Well, I did anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Art of Being a Mum with my mum, Alison Newman. Was it important to you that you got back to your pre, I don't want to say your pre-baby life because it's never the same, but holding the things right. that are important to you, you're performing, you're singing. Was that like the top of the list of this is me, I'm going to get back to this as soon as I can? Yes, mm-hmm. very much. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a relatively old mum as they, you know, as they go. So I, uh, I was 39 when I had Theo, 42 when, um, when I had Hendrix. And uh, one of the reasons that I hadn't started a family any earlier was 
that I was the band leader. Like I, and, and the dynamic, I think in the band, because Felix, the musical director, and I was kind of all the admin band leader side of things. We were very much mom and pop, you know, in kind of the structure of whoever we worked with. So um, we'd work with basically like five to seven piece bands. And for the most part, like, I felt like those people were my kids, you know, kind mm-hmm. of dealing with the feelings and drama and scheduling and making sure everybody had clean clothes and, you know, yeah. this kind of thing. Because yeah. um, also, too, when you're traveling, that adds that whole other aspect of, you know, uh, there, there are a whole other host of issues that come up where you're kind of like living with people and they're living away from home and, and mm. all of this. So sometimes it was a lot to handle. And I thought, like, there's no way I could have a real baby that I need to take care of where this band is my baby, you know? Mm, yeah. And I also, for myself, I, I didn't want to not be able to do everything that I was doing. Mm. And, and I knew having a baby would change my life. And I knew that there would be compromises that had to be made. And I was just not in any way ready for that. Mm. Um, so for that reason too, it was really important to me to perform the whole time I was pregnant, you know, kind of up until the bitter end, it was like, I'm still, I'm still doing everything that I can do, you know, yeah. um, with the exception of bending to plug in cables <laughs> I got to a point where I just could not get down there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, and so then after baby, it was like, yeah, I'm back. I'm back. Nothing has changed. You know, of course, everything has changed. Um, but that I, I really kind of had like a death grip I think on that element of my identity and that is the thing that I think I struggle with most really is I I still get really frustrated that I'm not able to do all the things that I used to be able to do um there was a moment where I was thinking maybe that I would have to even give all this up just because I was so unhappy with how that all had gone it kind of coincided with um just sort of what happened in the market here in dubai you know for such a long time felix and i had been leading a band and then um some of the people we worked with left the band because they wanted to move on and also just in the market the budgets just got a lot smaller Mm -hmm. so all of a sudden there weren't gigs for five or six people it was now oh two maybe we can stretch to three and so I was left feeling, um, and I know this doesn't all make sense, but, you know, really feeling that I took my hand like off the crank to have a baby mm. and it all fell apart, just like I knew it would, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, yeah. and it was, um, and so I felt like a lot of that was my fault. Like we would have still had a band. We would have still had gigs. We would have still been just as like busy and happy had I not done this, you know, mm. um, and so that took me a while to, to get over and to sort of, um, you know, it's not all about me. <laughs> like there were also other factors at work, just like the economy. That's mm. not all my fault, yeah, you know? That's it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I can and, understand, yeah, how, how you would feel like that. Yeah, because it's, yeah. yeah, it'd be very hard. And, and it's having to kind of work my head around to, to, um, appreciate and 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 adapted to what we do now so so that was the thing kind of as things shrunk you know we sort of went six five all the way down to it just being 
Felix Knight. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then the gigs changed, you know, and COVID was a big part of that too, that we've, you know, we were lucky enough for most of the last two and a half years to actually have that live entertainment has been allowed. There was about 10 months where it was, you know, kind of banned completely. Mm-hmm. Um, but because Felix and I were now a small unit, um, we were more affordable and, um, because we'd also moved away from playing the pop music that we used to do in a big band. And instead we were doing these like jazzy, you know, covers, but still of pop music. Yeah. Um, we found that there were a lot of, uh, and also too, one of the rules that they uh, only brought back fairly recently is that there was no dancing allowed mm. anymore because they yeah. didn't want people kind of all like being close together and mingling. So yeah. restaurants were allowed and restaurants could have music, but the tables had to have social distancing, you know, and, and all of that. But then actually we found ourselves really well positioned because we could just set up husband and wife, like in a little corner yeah. and play these songs that would still have people sort of dancing in their seat, mm. you know, but not getting up. It was yeah. all at a quieter volume. It was yeah. actually really popular you know mm-hmm. um and the other things that came with being in a restaurant like gigs that start at 7 30 <laughs> yeah <laughs> i want to be in bed before midnight you know yeah. um so it's definitely had its ups <laughs> certainly because you know mm-hmm. i have to get up at six o'clock in the morning now mm-hmm. and there's none of that you know sleep until all hours so um so I've worked my way around to really appreciate it, but it, it mentally, it, it's, there are times where it's been a really hard slog, you know, and it's mm. probably been about three years of, of lots of talking to myself and um, really assessing if I'm happy with, with where things are and where they're going. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not to say that there were, um, you know, not moments of serious self-doubt and, mm. and, us really questioning things, you know, even, even at the very beginning of COVID where they were closing the airports, right. You know, and, and gosh, our, our prime minister on TV saying Canadians come home. That was exactly what he said. Mm. So of course our parents are like, get on a plane and come. And I, and, you know, and we're just going, well, do we though? But we have, Mm. we live here. You know what I mean? We have an apartment full of stuff. It's not just it's not like we're on a holiday, you know? Mm, Um, So that was a hard decision to sit tight and say, okay, we're going to stay here. Um, And staying in a place where, you know, there's no kind of like social safety net for foreigners here. So um, there's no employment insurance. There's no child like kind of welfare things. Mm -hmm. You're on your own. So we had to just, try to you know tighten our belts manage our savings to make them last as long as they as they could um you know borrow money when we had to to get through it and of course the whole time you're thinking like is this it is this just the end because that was one of the things that was so hard about covid too it was maybe this is the end forever Mm. of in-person performances like there were Mm. periods where like is this is it just all gone now Mm. and if so what are we hanging on for like then we Mm. need to be pivoting and learning to be accountants <laughs> you know <laughs> like this is what yeah. has to happen um yeah. and so it, it there there have been so many long periods of just not knowing what the hell we're doing and what the hell's mm-hmm. going on um now of course in hindsight like we see okay no we were 
we, we made the right call to, to stick it out and stay here. I think actually one of the big factors that, you know, factored into us staying was that I was pregnant because mm. it was also, um, I don't have a doctor in Canada. You know, my doctor is here. The quality of mm. care is, um, is excellent here and it was still really accessible, you know, whereas in Canada, they kind of like locked everything down. And yeah. um, my sister was pregnant at the same time. Oh, so we really, so I have a nephew who's only three months older than Hendrix. So we really were kind of, you know, compare and contrast like through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And um, she was having telehealth visits. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, I still go in for my, you know, twice a month ultrasound. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still allowed to do that. <laughs> yeah. um, so, um, I, you know, I think the live streaming was really great to show us that we have a, another way of, of reaching people. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I feel like it's not over. I feel sort of that, like our, our deciding is not over. You know, we really feel like we're here. We're here um, for the immediate future. Um, yeah. But also, I've, I personally know that I'm left with a lot of um, anxiety and kind of like a form of, you know, PTSD, almost just the stress yeah. of the insecurity of yeah. the last two years is yeah. um is something that i i really struggle to shake like yeah. to to feel secure again yeah. in as yeah. secure as you ever feel when you're a musician i mean i've spent mm. the last 16 years of life on contracts and having like zero real financial security you know yeah. as m- many artists you know that's our life right yeah. but this has added a whole like other layer to it which yeah, is exactly. um, yeah. kind of permanently stressful yeah yeah and that's the thing it's so it's so unknown because it's like I know what you mean like it's when's the next gig when's you know in in normal times but then it's like will there ever be gigs like it totally changes the whole way that you think about the whole thing so yeah I can I can empathize with you there because that's yeah and that's the thing it's COVID still ticking along like things are still happening and we just we have no idea where it's going and what's going to happen and it's Yeah. yeah It's full on, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's been a really it's been a crazy time to be alive. You know what mm. I mean? Like it, it it's it is one of those hopefully once in a lifetime occurrences. You know, like a war, like something like that. That this is is um you know the thing we'll talk to our grandkids about basically. Mm. Um, yeah. And um and I'm, yeah, I'm still not sh- sure how we're of the the lasting changes you know that this that this will make like one of the things that I was sort of surprised at is how quickly kind of the online side of things really like online performances really dissipated once in-person performances were a thing again um which is great because I mean hey we're like that's our job is to be in-person performers we're in the room Mm -hmm. but and in a way, it's fantastic because it thinks that it shows me that there's nothing that can replace being in the room mm-hmm. with the people making the music. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just you, you you can't put that on a record. You can't, mm-hmm. you know, put that on on a screen. It it just you have to be there. Mm-hmm. So good for us because that means people still <laughs> want to see us in person. Yes. But yeah. also, too, is kind of stressful because it, it's like, well, then is there ever really a plan B for 
for us or is it mm-hmm. always because certainly when we were live streaming we made a little bit of money but it was you know dribs and drabs it was not like mm-hmm. enough to sustain us so yeah. um so that's kind of where i am now it's just to feel that over the long term um not sure how much longer we'll be able to kind of get away with, yeah. with doing what we're doing, you know, because yeah. if ever too the market changes again and we're now not so well positioned for what people want, then yeah. then that's tough. So, but yeah. I mean, this is like yeah. the story of all, you know, <laughs> performance artists, I think. Yeah. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Now, one of the topics I really like to talk to guests on the show is about mum guilt. And I put I put it in air quotes because I recorded an episode with a, an artist this morning who had to Google what it meant because she literally did not experience and didn't know what it was. And I thought that was awesome. That's the first person I've met that hasn't known. So I'm really, that was awesome. So that just goes to show the broad range of experiences that we have with this thing. Um, what's your thoughts about it? Oh my gosh, I'm the polar opposite. I'm the poster child for mom guilt. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you're getting both ends of the spectrum today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, but mom, definitely. I mean, I have all kinds of, you know, um, anguish about things. You know, I have like band leader guilt and all this kind of things too. So um, it's just another one that I add to my my, uh, collection. Um, mom guilt yeah where to start oh my gosh um it's (laughs) you know I was listening to to yesterday I was listening to the podcast you've done with Mez Coleman and she was talking about um that it really for her seems to revolve around time Mm -hmm. and I think that's that's absolutely it you know feeling that um that I'm not giving my boys enough time or feeling that I'm not giving them quality time um that one is you know certainly a struggle I'd say it's not kind of the logistics of it right you know that our gigs do finish you know, even getting home at midnight but you yeah. know you're not to bed before 1 30 or whatever so when someone comes because they've wet the bed and then the yeah. other one's crying and then needs so you know I mean there's lots of nights where we're still um you know maybe up three or four times so mm-hmm. then starting the day at seven is like okay well, we've had like five broken hours of sleep you know and um and my husband and I share duties and he's up you know with as well 
but still we both just find we're really really tired in the mornings a lot and that's hard so then I think I see too that with Hendrix I don't spend the same time there's a lot more tv <laughs> there was with Theo a lot more TV um, Theo it would be like no you get 12 minutes one little episode you know that we're turning it off and we're working on colors and stuff too with Hendrix I'm like dude how do you not know any of your colors like how do you not know these animals <laughs> just right because no one has taught you that but that was the kind of thing with Theo that I would sit and I would do yeah. And now with two of them, I'm just kind of like, oh, the TV is just going to have to teach you something today because I don't got it's it. It's the reality, you know? isn't it? Um, reality it's the reality, yeah. but I feel guilty about it. You know, I feel guilty that I'm not um, kind of there for my second one in, in the same way that I was for the, uh, you know, for the first child. And um, and it's it's hard. It's When we get busy with work, you know, we're lucky to have maybe six or seven gigs a week um yeah. regularly you yeah. know um so sometimes we'll only have one night off mm. and that's hard where i'm giving them their bath and putting them to bed once a week yeah. and just the feeling that like there's another woman who i love and trust but somebody else does this all the time who gives you nighttime cuddles so um those periods are, are hard, but they're also kind of necessary. It's sort of the reality here. Like in general, our summer season, which is about five months long, work-wise is quite quiet. You know, there's less tourists. Um, a lot of the families that are here, if they can, they, they'll they take their holidays. So they might be gone back to Australia or Canada or the UK, wherever for two, perhaps two months. So then they're not here eating in restaurants and going out. So we do have a lot less gigs in summer than we do in the over the winter period. Um, and and that's hard too, the the feeling that we have to take all the work that we can get, yeah. you know, yeah. when it's offered. Uh, I don't find that we have a lot of balance, like either it's mm. summer and we're kind of, you know, chewing our fingernails a bit going, okay, I hope we, get, <laughs> I hope we make it by the end of the month. Or yeah. it's winter and we're just like you know out every night kind of yeah. a thing just just working all the time not feeling to see the kids enough so um and then I think it translates into other ways right you know maybe there's too many trips to McDonald's or too many little presents or little yeah. you know ice cream or whatever because it's like life well, I feel like I don't see you enough so I just want to yeah I just want to treat you um yeah. and there are other options uh you know like here in Dubai there's a quite a nanny culture they don't really do babysitters and of course because all of us like kind of the entire population are away from our families right you know it's yeah. like everyone has come from all over the world to work here so you don't have sisters and aunts and uncles and brothers who can watch the kids you know so you have a nanny and um they're with you all the time um and for many people it's not our situation but many people have a nanny live with them that's and and we often have people saying that but if you had your nanny live with you she would get up in the morning with the kids and um you know hey we think about it but also to the trade-off is then then i i do lose that part i do lose that access to my my kids and you know there's a part of me which feels like if certainly if we had kids in canada we'd be doing it all Mm. on our own you know we would be up and we would be tired and we would be just like everybody else, you know? And mm. so um, 
trying to to still maybe have that kind of Canadian life. But at the same time, the reality is like, I get to bed at two o'clock in the morning, man, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. I want to wake up at 6.30. Oh, you know? yeah. so, There's no escaping that, is there? No. Oh, man. Yeah. But that's the thing though, like, I haven't heard you say once in this, even though there's all this stuff, about, I mean, obviously thinking about, you know, the how the market's going to go, but you're not saying that I don't want to do this anymore because of, you know, the sacrifices or the, the compromises that I might be making with my children. You know what I mean? Like it's, this is what is important to you at the end of the day. You know, this is, this is you, this is in, in your heart and soul. And yeah, I hope and, I'm getting and that it's right. Not to say that, yeah. Yeah. It, well, it's interesting. Cause I quite recently have asked myself, you know, mm-hmm. if this is, if this is right for, um, if this is right for me, if this is right for us. And it's sort of that feeling of a lack of balance, you know, um, I would like to feel more balanced. And, um, and it's, I mean, also too, the logistically, the reality of it is just financially, it makes more sense for the two of us to be going out and gigging and for us to then hire a nanny than for me to stay home. But that's not the whole story too. When I see things like, wow, my two-year-old doesn't know his colors, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, well, maybe I need to be here and be teaching him those things and 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 is that what's right for us now um and also too in the sense that you know we think someday we'll move back to canada probably you know in the next five years and we know we can't do this when we're there so there's also that too of do we need to be putting in place whatever kind of um work things need to happen you know does it obviously involve some kind of retraining or something and is that what I should be spending my time doing now so that we're kind of ready for the next step but you know as you said it's kind of the the it does always pull me back in like I can't imagine um not putting on the makeup and Mm. doing my hair and going out and and making music with Felix you know it's the the reason that we're that we're together um you know he'll he'll occasionally have other gigs with other people and as much as I love it and I'm happy for him and he needs more variety than I do Mm -hmm. like I'm like no I'm happy to just work with you to know exactly what I'm doing to have someone who I rely on 100 percent I don't need any kind of instability in my life I'm good I got it Whereas he'll go, he's happy to jam and happy to take on new projects and learn new stuff. No, no, I don't have any of that desire. Um, <laughs> but, but when he does things, I'm happy for him, but also there's part of me that like, that really doesn't like that, you know, that he's yeah. gone off and is having a life without me. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, we literally in 16 years, like we pretty much have, you know, kind of spent every minute together for that time so um yeah it's if for better it's for better for it you know Uh, (laughs) it really it really is
I was going to ask you what you've got coming up, but I know I've, I don't know how to ask that because you've got gigs all the time, haven't you? Like, yeah, yeah. So it's not like because I had a look <laughs> at your page of all your shows, and it's like, oh my gosh, you're like there and there and there and there and there. So like, it's just it just flows on and on and on. Like you said, you have this portion of the year where it's full on, full on, full on, and then it's yeah. like the little break time. So yeah, you just sort of ride the waves and yeah, yeah it's it's um. Like, you know, we describe it as a marathon out here, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because it doesn't um, ever really stop, um, which is great. <laughs> um, it, as, you know, as you said, like it does have high season and a low season to it. So for us coming up, we're getting into this season, probably won't start really full on until October. Mm-hmm. Um which is okay because Theo is starting school in September. So um, he's never been to nursery. He was kind of about to go to nursery and then it was COVID. So then he stayed home for that two years with us, um, which is a whole other like mom thing. My sister laughs at me. She's really okay with sending her eldest to school. And I just (laughs) choked all the time. I'm like buying, you know, glue sticks and googly eyes and like, (laughs) crying in the grocery store, you know? <laughs> yeah. filling his school list. I, you know, he needs a uniform and I'm kind of dreading going to the store. I just don't, I can't like deal with seeing him in that little uniform for the yeah. first time. So yeah. Mm. Um, so I think actually it'll be okay that he, you know, will start that and we're not super busy yet. So I'll have time mm-hmm. to kind of transition him into that and transition us because he has to get up even earlier for <laughs> us to drive him to school you know so oh, yeah. it's so I'm nervous about it because mm-hmm. I think like already I'm tired and already it's not amazing for me you know how is that going to be when now we have to be up even earlier five days a week and then when I have more gigs how's it all going to work so I'm I am really nervous about this fall um, season yeah. coming in and figuring that we will just have to figure it out as it you know as it goes along Mm -hmm. um but for us musically we have just started our first gig in like four years with a full band so that's been exciting for us to actually have you know bass drums and keys again uh because most of the time I don't think we said most of the time as a a duo Felix is the band so Um, he is a guitarist, but he does all the drum programming. We work the drum machine mm-hmm. um, that he plays live. And then mm-hmm. he does bass loops and guitar loops on top of that. And then mm-hmm. he's doing back vocals and singing lead vocals. I'm just singing. I'm um, just... playing a little bit of tambourine <laughs> here and there. <laughs> um, cool. And then doing all the like admin stuff on whatever social mm. media time yeah. that I do. That's all me. Yeah. Um, but uh, but so to have a full band is musically is really uh, exciting again. Um, logistically is difficult. It was kind of like oh yeah, and people's scheduling and mm-hmm. issues and all this. Okay, yeah, I forgot about that. So, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So um, so it's great. <laughs> it, it will be great. You know? Yeah. Um, but we're working on that. Working in a new venue too. So getting adjusted to. What do they want? What does mm-hmm. the audience want? What do we think is going to work? Yeah. Um, we've 
just been asked to perhaps put together a gypsy jazz trio, oh, uh, which would be new for us. We do a little bit of gypsy jazz, but not like a full on thing. So um, trying to see if that's something that we can, that we can manage. Uh, and aside from that, yeah, just mostly have work either as a duo or as a trio. We do have a few different keyboard players that we, that we work with. Um, and yeah, most, most of our gigs are restaurant or kind of restaurant lounge. This new full band one is the first one that we've seen in a long time where people really, there's sort of like a dance floor space mm -hmm. for them, yep. you know? Um, so that too has meant, okay, well, we kind of need to rework and bring back in maybe some of that repertoire that we haven't really bothered with for the last few years because yeah. they weren't allowed to, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's um, yeah. yeah, and it'll just lead up by Christmas. Usually our week of Christmas is um, absolutely nuts and yeah. rammed, um, which is, I just find crazy challenging. It's um, with two kids. So also trying to find time to still like, create the magic yeah. of Christmas and um and it's Theo's birthday he's a Christmas baby so he's oh. that time too so it's also kind of like oh. yeah <laughs> finding a way to make him also have a birthday and maybe birthday party and oh, and playing you know Christmas Eve usually we'll do two gigs and Christmas Day we'll do two gigs and oh. every night of the week and everything so it is um it's a tough it's a tough time mm -hmm. of year for me I mean you want to talk mom guilt it's kind of astronomical and have our nanny you know reading the Christmas story and I really struggled with that this last year you yeah. know that we 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 move Christmas as we need to mm -hmm. you know like we celebrate it on the day that we don't have to get up and go to a gig so yeah, we yeah. did it on the 26th last yeah. year but that still meant that on Christmas night like she's putting out cookies for Santa and getting them in their pajamas. And I was just kind of all over the place that night. Like yeah, it was yeah. to the point where Felix even said to me, he said, you know, do we cancel that gig? Like you're this upset, you know, in the weeks leading up to it, that you're not, that you're not going to be able to be there. And, mm. you know, it, it's a tough call, right? Like these well-paid holiday gigs, you know, they're not at our usual rate. They're better than the usual rate. And, um, and having to, and maybe it'll be different every year. You know, maybe I won't make the same choice this year as to, yeah. am I okay with her just sending photos of, look, they're in their Christmas jammies and sort of yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sobbing between sets and then going, okay, here I go. You know, celebrating Christmas with other people who are there with their families also yeah. too, which is just like, you know, oh, really, yeah. really hard on my heart. And, yeah. and, and I, you know, I think maybe in later years, it, if we're still kicking around and doing this, it will be the kind of thing where maybe they can come mm. and be with us, you know, on mm. on those occasions, just be at those gigs. Um, but right now they're still so little that, yeah. you know, and their bedtime is still early and all of that. So yeah. um, it's, it's, I know that it's better for them to be at home where they're well taken care of and and mm -hmm. she's doing as much of the tradition as I, as I have like left instructions for her to do yeah, yeah, but yeah. um but it's 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 hard like Felix and I both are moms or elementary school teachers so they had summers off they had two weeks off at Christmas so we both kind of have these very strong like holiday traditions mm -hmm. of 
the families always did this and that and Christmas Eve was this kind of celebrating and then Christmas Day was that kind of celebrating and for us we're just absent you know on those times so um find yeah find the holidays hard um but you know in the other sense like we're still financially recovering from COVID so it's work 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 work, isn't it yeah much as we can yeah yeah you just sort of do what you can at the time don't you make the decisions as you go and like you said next year you might feel different and then the year after you might feel different so it's like yeah you know going with what you need at the time yeah and trying not to feel guilty about it (laughs) I really love talking to you today. It's been such a lovely <laughs> chat. You're so, you've got so much vibrancy and energy. And I like, have you got videos on YouTube where we can watch you perform? I want to watch you perform. Like you, your vibe is so welcoming and energizing it's like okay you'd, you'd be so awesome to be have a see on stage you know what I mean <laughs> well if you do want to see the videos with Theo of which honestly I swear there's like 80 full-length shows there but they're on our Facebook page yeah cool. so you can feel free to like scroll through the years I don't and, have a look. Uh, seriously awesome. just check the last five minutes because that's always <laughs> that's where he is <laughs> the star of the show comes out <laughs> You can skip ahead. It's fine. We're used to everyone else like tuning out and then coming back you know, at five minutes to the hour. I'm oh, here for you. Thanks for your company today. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd love you to consider leaving us a review, following or subscribing to the podcast, or even sharing it with a friend you think might be interested. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, please get in touch with us via the link in the show notes. I'll catch you again next week for another chat with an artistic mum.